NXT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're focusing on whether hip-hop can change the world. Can hip-hop save the world? Is that a crazy idea? Let me know what you think on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, at Lisa Evers, and Facebook, too. Now, what we're, we're focusing on is the incredible power of hip-hop. A lot of people dismiss it as, okay, too much sex, too much drugs, uh, too much violence, just too much everything that's negative in our neighborhoods and in our society. But there is a growing momentum to use hip-hop as a positive force for change, as a positive force in education, as a way to empower people, and especially empower our youth in our communities. Now, we've seen over the last couple of weeks terrible terror incidents throughout the world from Beirut, uh, Paris, the Russia, the, the down plane, Nigeria, and other attacks that have not received as much attention as the, as the one in Paris did. But our condolences go out to the families, to the people in these communities and countries who are suffering under the scourge of terrorism. And then now we see the ramping up again of the international violence, the international fear, the international jitters, as they call them on the, on the news. And our question is, the, this whole issue of disenfranchised youth, of disengaged young people who have feel they have nowhere to turn, who feel like they don't belong, can hip-hop somehow be used to reach the world and reach out as it already is in so many places that we're not even talking about? So that's what we're doing in this episode of Street Soldiers. We're kind of taking it out of the, you know, thinking outside the box here and really trying to take a look and focus on what hip-hop can do to really empower us and to make positive change and uh, focus on some of the things that are happening that often don't get enough attention. So joining me in studio for this episode of Street Soldiers on Hot 97. And remember, we're streaming live around the country on hot97.com. And if you're listening on a radio, but you're going to be leaving the radio, you know, if you have the hip hop where hip hop lives or tune in app on your phone, you can listen to the phone, the live stream of Street Soldiers on Hot 97. So joining us for this episode, Dr. Christopher Emden. He's the founder and creator of the Hip Hop Ed Science Genius Program. He's Associate Professor of Science and Technology at Columbia University Teachers College. He's the Minorities Ambassador for the Department of Energy. He's the STEM Ambassador for the White House. He's one of the top urban education experts in the United States, and he's also a product of the New York City Public Schools. Absolutely, absolutely. Pleasure to be here today. Great to have you back with us. Thank you so, so much. Also with us is Jabari Johnson. I met him at Validus Prep in the Bronx working on that story for Fox 5 News. He is a junior at Hunter College. He's the winner of the Science Bowl Genius Rap Battle um, from two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. He's the champion. Yes. And now in college on, on his third year. Thank yeah. you so much for being with us, Jabari. We appreciate it. Also with us is Rook. He's from Tampa. He is uh, the Grammy-winning producer with the Justice League. He's produced for Rick Ross MM, and the whole MMG group, Nas, Jay-Z, and so many others. Rook, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank we you. really appreciate it. Also with us is Osmond Benjamin. He's a Brooklyn-born rapper and singer. He's performed at SOBs. He's uh, talked with Sway. You know, the one and only Sway, shout out to Sway. He's also um, hot new hip-hop debuted his video, Soul Part 2, last week, and he's working on a project with B-Works called Protect Your Soul. Oswin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Dr. Chris Emden, I want to start with you on this because hip-hop has a grip on us, and especially our youth, unlike anything else. Why is that? Um, you know, I always make the argument that hip-hop has been hip-hop before we were able to name it as hip-hop. 
Uh, there's something about uh, marginalized populations, sort of inherent um, connection to music and art and dance that's been a part of our history for as long as we can remember. And so when we have a contemporary form of an art form that puts music over rhyme and you have people who are automatically in tune with rhythm and word, then hip hop automatically has a grip on who they are. Uh, and if I may also, you know, when we have this conversation about hip hop, I want to be really, really clear that we're not just talking about rap and rap music. When we talk about hip hop, we're talking about all the elements of the culture, which includes b-boying, which includes DJing, which includes graph, which includes, most importantly, knowledge of self. So when we talk about hip hop, we want to talk about how each of those elements combine to be able to create something that people who are marginalized intrinsically connect to because it's their avenue for voice. And then you say that it has almost a visceral connection. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you can talk about the visual connection that hip hop has to people by how you see people react when a rapper performs on stage or when some, a b-boy is spinning on his head and it looks like they're really transcending space and time. But as a scientist, we also see people's responses to hip hop scientifically. So we know that if a, a person is freestyle rapping and we hook up a frequency magnetic resonance instrument to their brain, that their medial prefrontal cortex is firing on cylinders that we could never imagine. Um, we also know that if you do sort of dermal studies of people's literal physical responses when hip-hop is playing or they're witnessing a hip-hop event, that their body responding differently. So we, know, we not only have a cultural response to hip-hop, but we have a neuroscientific and a biological response to music and rhythm and dance that we name as hip-hop. And when we understand that we're not just dealing with, oh, we like hip-hop because it makes us feel good, but that we are genetically predisposed to respond to the complexities of hip-hop. Then we enter into a different type of conversation. Rook, as a Grammy-winning producer, music producer, there's certain beats, obviously, that people resonate to. There's certain songs that we hear, and right away we're like, I love that song. And then, right. of course, bam, it goes up to number one, you know, and it's on the Hot 100 for like eight months. Are there certain sounds that we resonate to more than others or that resonate with the audience? Yes. Uh, I, I think it all depends on the time and the era, you know what I mean? What I think what we we've been lucky to do is do radio songs, make hit records without conforming to what everybody else is doing. Um, right now, what's popular is the eight oh eights, you know, the high frequency hi hats and the the low lows. But that comes from uh, you know from the south. We like we like to ride in our box Chevys. You know, we got is is the the tweeters and the the two fifteens, and that's all we get here is the highs and the lows. So that right now is what's popular, you know. Um, but as far as sound and what's, uh, it, it, like I said, it, it all depends on 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 the time, you know. And the era, and what era, and, and era. what region too. There still are some regional differences. Absolutely, absolutely. It, 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 with all genres of music, there's, it, there's uh, regional differences. And, and in terms of the sounds, Jabari, tell us about you. Went through the hip hop ed program. You were the science genius. Rap, am I saying the title the right way? With the rap science battle, science genius battles champion. I guess you could science say. genius battles yeah. champion. What impact did that have on your life in terms of your academic career? Well, in terms of my academic career, the direct that it, effect that it had was I wasn't even planning on going to college right out of um, my senior year of high school. Um, I was uh, planning on just going overseas, you know, just probably like contemplating something. You know, I wasn't, I just knew I didn't want to go to college because of the things that I've heard and, you know, the experiences I've had within college. My dad teaches out of college. I see college students walking around, they seem really miserable, and I just didn't want to, you know, uh, like include myself in that. So, um, but after including myself in the program, um, spontaneously I just got accepted into Hunter College on a full scholarship, which was a blessing in itself. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, 
And when I got there, I had to choose a, a science requirement. And that what everybody does inside of those schools is they just choose classes like a class like geology, you know, something really easy that they can, you know, just get an A in and then they, that science requirement is done with. But um, after taking physics since my senior year and um, being implemented inside of the hip hop ed program, uh, I saw the option of, you know, physics inside of the catalog. And I decided to choose that, and um, you know, I, I got in the class, and I decided to stick through it, and um, so I think I think you know, with that, it's just, it's just like really made me a lot more open-minded to subjects that I wouldn't have readily included myself in before because I saw myself in them now. When you implement something like hip hop into something that, you know, it's considered a tough subject. Exactly, yeah, it's definitely considered a tough subject, and kids don't really see themselves. Uh, see themselves inside of those subjects because oftentimes the leaders of, in those areas don't look like them, you know, especially inside of the textbooks or like whatever they see, you know, related to science. scientists. You can look at the, you know, some of the most popular scientists, you know, they're, you know, p kids in urban cities don't really look like them, you know, um, except for maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's the homie, you know, um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, so yeah, I think that's like one of the direct effects it had on me. A positive effect. Asman, tell us about the influences on your work. <clears throat> It's crazy because um, I got into hip-hop late. I didn't even grow up listening to hip-hop. I grew up in a church. I grew up listening to gospel music and a lot of contemporary church music. So I didn't hear reasonable doubt till I got to college. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, yeah, the, which is which is crazy. But um, I always I always loved music and I always had a thing for, for, for poetry. So I started off singing in the church, but over the, over the course of time, I found it a lot easier for me to just convert the poetry on the certain beats and rapping just kind of stuck stuck with me from that point. But now I'm I'm getting into the hip hop stuff now and doing my homework and I'm and I'm learning now and it's it's a lot of great artists that I missed out on because of the boundaries that were set in such a strict Christian home. So it's like now I'm learning the stuff that. The people that I was going to school with at 15, they they knew already. So now I'm 25 and I'm learning what I should have learned when I was 14, 15 years old. You know well, I mean? everything has its own, you know, yeah, its own timing. It's but, to. but do you feel like that? Do you feel like your background in gospel music makes you look at the content of what you're rapping about in a different way, or does it make mm -hmm. you consider it in a different way? It it doesn't only because um, I've come to terms with the fact that just like how you go to church and people give their testimony on what they've been through. Rap, I feel like, is just a testimony of a lot of voices that haven't been heard. So what it is is you have you have people that grew up around violence and around killers and around shootings, and they they've never had that outlet to be heard. So what they do, they find a beat and they they invoke a certain emotion and they put that on the beat, and it's relatable because you have the dude in apartment four C that's feeling the same way, and the dude down the street in apartment six A that's feeling the same way. So I feel like it never. At first, you know what I'm saying, like the choice words, the profanity, we were taught that that was bad, but it's just like, just like how a pastor is a human being and you may cut him off in traffic and he may flip the bird or say something crazy, like those same feelings, those same words, those same emotions is not different because you're in the church. You still feel those same emotions inside and out of church. So it put me in a position to appreciate music for what it was and really um, appreciate the individualism in the music. So. Nah, I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like church just helped me to be direct in what I want to talk about and, and, and help you help you focus on Dr. Chris Emden, the the hip hop ed program, which we got to see a little bit in action at Validus Prep for for Fox Five. The um, the concept behind it is 
is very simple and very powerful. Tell us about you know, that. Hip hop is is hip hop in many ways conceptually is simple. And if I may, before I answer your question, just to sure. really just to build off of what he was saying. Absolutely. You know when what what he's identifying here is the fact that the same phenomena that existed within a church space is the same phenomena that exists in a hip hop space, except for the fact that there are certain labels that hip hop takes on. So the fact that you go into a church and when you sing and you testify or you catch the Holy Ghost to be able to escape the, 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 the emotions in that space, that experience is hip hop. If we take the label hip hop away from it and we look at the same kind of experiences when somebody's in a cypher and they're rhyming back and forth and they're singing and there's a beat in the background and they feel like they just caught this emotion, it's the same scenario that's existing in a church. Now we label one hip hop because hip hop is supposed to be secular, but the experience of where music, rhythm, dance, and voice is a response of oppressed populations is hip hop. So if we take away the label, we start realizing that this is a phenomenon that exists across boundaries for people who've been marginalized historically. So you can think about the fact that slaves who are beating on their drums and when the masters wouldn't let them speak were actually engaging in a form of hip hop. We could say that West Africans, when they were using the talking drum and using the drum to be able to be an avenue for their voice was expressing hip hop. So when he was in church, or when a slave was in the slave quarters, or when drummers were in, in South Africa, they were all engaging in a form of hip hop. When we remove the label and we understand what our music does to us spiritually, emotionally, physically, viscerally, then we start identifying that we are part of a larger continuum. Um, and, and that's what I want folks to be able to identify. And that's what my program does. You know, So Hip Hop Ed is a movement, which is the merging of hip hop and education. And Science Genius is a movement, which is the merging of science, hip hop, and education. Essentially, it's just doing what hip-hop has always done, except saying explicitly that it's hip-hop. So I could have said, oh, I'm doing a science genius program where young people are able to create poetry uh, to some music and use that as an avenue to be able to be more experienced scientifically. And people would accept that. But it's important for me to say, nah, they're actually engaging in hip-hop so that we can really deconstruct and then reconstruct what hip-hop is. That hip-hop is not inherently negative. Hip-hop is just a thing that folks of color who've been marginalized have always done. So when I name Science Genius as a hip-hop program, it's saying, yo, you can't view hip-hop as inherently negative because it's changed Jabari Johnson's life. You can't view hip-hop as inherently negative because scientists are engaging in it. But the phenomenon itself is part of who we are and what we are from the beginning of time. Now, you also say for, for children growing up in communities of color, there's a particular Resonance. Absolutely. Look, whenever you are a part of a population that has been marginalized, that has been oppressed, that, ha- that lacks voice, you are dying for an opportunity for therapy. Um, people who have affluence and who have you know, opportunities to call up their psychiatrist and the psychologist, you know, they can go. Listen, there are young people right now in New York City public schools. When you mad at your teacher, your mom calls your psychologist so you have somebody to go talk to. Right. And there are young people who are in urban spaces in Brooklyn and the Bronx or across the country or in Tampa where when they go through frustrations, you just got to deal with it. And what happens over time is that when you have no avenue to be able to voice your frustrations, you internalize those frustrations. Once you internalize them, they build up over time. Once they build up over time, they get expressed in scenarios where you just respond viscerally like with violence um, because you have no avenue for therapy. So hip hop provides therapy for urban youth or urban people of color who've been marginalized because now I can voice my frustrations over a track. I could talk about the drugs in my neighborhood every day. It might sound violent, it might sound negative, but now I could just tell that story so I'm dealing with my own form of therapy. And so when hip-hop becomes a form of therapy, do you imagine, look, we talk about the crime rate in Chicago. If there was no drill music in Chicago, that crime rate would be quadruple what it is right now. 
Because this, this is what's happening when they're using hip-hop as therapy and still they have the violence going on. We should be thanking hip-hop for the fact that this country is not up in flames. Because if it wasn't for hip-hop, some folks who are writing rhymes would be out there committing crimes. And so when we understand the fact that hip-hop becomes the avenue for voice for a population, we can't view it negatively. We can say automatically that it's already changed the world. And it will continue to change the world in new domains and new avenues if... We allow it to if we're able to go beyond the stigma of saying it's inherently negative and look at the fact that it has the potential to transform lives. And then you see you look at the hip hop and everybody, please feel free to jump in. You, you see hip hop now as an international phenomenon and also cutting across. It started out in the black and Latino communities here in New York. But you see many whites, Asians, people of, of mixed backgrounds, like everybody basically getting into it. Of It's the youth culture of today. Does that change things or does that give it a different potential or responsibility? I'm going to say something real quick and pass it off while it's still fresh. <laughs> and, and the reason why I want to say it is because, you know, and you know how much I love you, Lisa, so I'm going to push back just a little bit. I, I find it very problematic when people identify hip-hop as only youth culture. It, it, it breaks my heart. And the reason why I say that is this. There are folks right now who are 40 years old, 50 years old. We're on the third generation of hip-hop. And they right? are hip-hop. And what happens with any culture, any population, where you have youth leading youth without elders to be able to guide their path, then you have people who are dealing with adolescent trains and frustrations who are leading each other. And when, 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 when young people without adult supervision are leading each other, it inherently leads to them making poor decisions. So hip-hop is not youth culture. Hip-hop is the culture of people of color who have historically been marginalized, whether they are 50 years old, 55 years old, 25 years old, 15 years old, and 10 years old. And when we can now welcome the fact that hip-hop has a broad spectrum in this way, then you can allow the OGs to teach the youngins not to make the same kind of mistakes that they made. Now you can teach, uh, now an artist who got screwed over by a record label in 1985 can tell a young person who was getting signed to a deal in 2015, like, fam, you can't do that because that's how they get you. But if you say it's just youth culture then the youth are like I ain't gonna listen to him he old you know what I mean he old school ain't nothing he could teach me and whenever as a culture we start thinking that our adults are our grown ups and our elders are disposable we become the blind leading the blind and then we end up losing alright that's an excellent point Jabari in terms of in terms of your life and in, ter in terms of the work that you did the science are you more interested in music now because of this or, or becoming an artist I mean I've always been an artist ever since I was nine years old that's when I started rapping and ever since then it's just you know grown into um, other areas of, of the arts you know I play guitar now I've always sung you know but now I'm a little bit more avid about doing it you know I, I, th I think that's just inherent within every artist to like to, to branch out within um like different areas of the arts but I think you know just having people like Chris and people like my father and people who are very prominent in like you know academia has really helped me to see myself within those communities you know just traveling and going to different conferences and being around people who share the same message it's really um, influenced me in a positive way so you know I would like even you know sometimes when I'm in college right now I'm just in there there's a there's a really beautiful bridge at Hunter I just sit there and I like after class I just play guitar all day you know and um it just makes me think like what am I doing in this school you know I'd rather just be somewhere doing what I love you know but you know but but you know when I look at what Chris is doing it shows me that I can still do what I love and you know but still also uh like be a voice be a voice for the people who like look up to me like when you look at um you know the kids in Validus Prep like I love those kids and I see and they I loved you too I yeah, mean the way they just yeah it was gravitated Chris brought you. that to my attention afterwards I didn't even see it. and you also brought that to my attention but um you know I can't 
like I can't make I feel like you know you'll add all like you can't autom- create that yeah. that it just happens so naturally and then all of a sudden we were all talking and looked over and there you were and there were like 12 or 20 I don't know how many of the high school students around you just like like absorbing like mm. let, let me you know just taking yeah. it all in and when you and when you see that you automatically feel responsible you know when you have knowledge when you gain knowledge you feel you you're responsible after that you know if 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 you're looking at somebody who you know, especially when you're looking at a young person. So you automatically feel like you have to be an example. Otherwise, you feel guilty, you know. And um, so that that's just where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. Can you give us any kind of little freestyle? Um, Yeah, man. I could always spit for you guys. I'm a rapper. That's what we do. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I mean, Chris is Chris is always, you know, behind me. Be back. I don't do, know if he the feels science like he ones, I couldn't even right understand what anybody. I mean, really? I was so bad in oh, science. Wanna, I could do that, too. Yeah, let's do, let's do that. Whatever you, whatever you feel best represents you. That's... Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. I, I'll definitely do that. Um. No, you good. You want to yeah. beatbox? You want to? It's up to you. Want you. Want to it's Chris, 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 Chris is feeling. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, look, check, check, check. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's all good. Yo. This concept is applied to all lives. We stride time's distance. Be a witness to the prize. Be a man. Understand you comprehending this is vital. Work equals FD. The equation for survival. Your only rival is friction. Don't get caught up in the drag. You better prepare because obstacles fight back. When you get knocked down, no, please don't cry. Just get up and apply more force next time. One day, I was dreaming with a really strong hope that I'll make it. But to make it takes more than just believing. These resistance slash demons were kind of holding me back. And I let them. But the simple way to get me on track was force times displaces work no debate i'll take that concept apply it to my mistakes and now i'm progressing a natural rap genius i'ma get an a if i see this on the regent and here's a lesson i know what kind of hurts but if you truly want to work then there must be progression because fd equals w's the rule and the unit measurement for the product is called jewels cool i did the work i'ma try to let it flow the more people i know kinetic energy grows so i'ma go to work convert all of my potential in as my speed increases then i'ma go x Exponential. Yeah, wow, like that is place. awesome. Thank you. Thank That's you. great. That's Jabari Johnson. Remember that name. <laughs> Junior at Hunter College and artist as well. Just you, real, listen- you know what was dope about that to me, which which I heard this verse for the first time three years ago, is that he is, he first he's talking, those are science terms, but it don't sound whack. Like, so that you're not losing your, your street authenticity by being scientific, but also it's a metaphor that's even more complex than what scientists do. He's using the equation for work equals force times distance. He's using this idea of res- resistance. He's looking at this idea of force and kinetic energy and potential energy, which are scientific concepts. And he's applying that to his life. So now you got life, science, and hip-hop merged. And this is a kid, that, this, he wrote this at 16 or 17 years old. 16, yeah. And, and so to me, it just shows that our young people have brilliance if you show them that they can do more than just trap rap alone. And I'm not hating on trap rap. I'm just saying that there's more to hip hop than that. And, and even um, in that moment, like when I wrote that rap, what I was dealing with at the time was um, being a senior in college, feeling like I didn't have a place to go in the world. Like, you know, I, so I had to go overseas. Like, you know, I just knew that whatever I needed to do wasn't going to be here, like, you know, within like my community or like, you know, in a, in a college, like in this area, like, you know, but like you felt like you had to go someplace. Yeah, else I felt to like really I had to be yourself. somewhere. Yeah. Like I had to be somewhere and like that I didn't know in order to find myself. Like, you understand. But um. And that's what I voiced throughout that song, you know, all, while also applying the concepts of force the and kinetic energy. Yeah. That search, mm-hmm. that that 
Endless search, really. All right, you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're asking the question. I really want to get back to this question of the show. Can hip-hop save the world? Yes or no? And if so, how? I'm going to pose that to our guests. And um, if you have a question question or comment, hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, at Lisa Evers, Hot 97, streaming live across the United States on hot97.com. And I'm very pleased to announce, thanks to the one and only TJ Charles, who is still working with hashtag Team Lisa, that uh, Street Soldiers shows are are now available as free podcasts on iTunes, mm, right. as well as on LisaEvers.com, as well as on SoundCloud, so you can catch up on all the past shows, as well as this show shortly after we go off the air. But we'll be right back. That was a clip from Soul Part 2 by Oswin Benjamin. He's one of the guests that's with us here in studio. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. And uh, Twitter, you know, at Lisa Evers. Hit me up with your comment. Also, our feedback line, 212-367-1678. You're listening to us on Hot 97. That's 97.1 FM in New York City and the Tri-State. Across the United States on Hot97.com and your favorite radio app. We're streaming live. So I want to introduce uh, our panel to, to you in case you're just joining us. Dr. Chris Emden, founder and creator of the Hip Hop Ed Science Genius Program. He's also associate professor of science and technology at Columbia University Teachers College. He's the minorities ambassador for the Department of Energy. He's the STEM ambassador for the White House. And he's also one of the top urban educators in the United States, as well as a product of the New York City Public Schools. Dr. Emden, right. thanks for being with Pleasure us. Pleasure to be here. Um, also with us is Jabari Johnson. He's a junior at Hunter College. He was the winner of the science genius rap battle bowl three years ago and uh, just did a little freestyle for us a little bit earlier which was great thank you very much no problem. thank you also with us is rook he's from tampa he's with a grammy winning hip-hop producing crew the justice league he's a producer he's worked for rick ross mmg nas jay-z and many many other artists and rook happy to have you here thank you Loving our cold weather, right? Yeah, Not too cold yeah. for you. Not too cold for you. Wait till I'll, January. I'll be all right. <laughs> You'll be okay. Also with us is Oswin Benjamin. He's a Brooklyn-born rapper and singer. He's performed many times at SOB's. Um, Hot New Hip Hop debuted his video for Soul Part 2 last week, and he's now working on a project with B-Works called Protect Your Soul. In terms of the one of the criticisms of hip hop that has come about has been the lack of involvement with political issues and with some of these things that are happening yet in some of these other countries outside of the United States we see rappers talking about political conditions in their country what do you guys think about that I feel like a lot of rappers don't don't touch on it and this is my personal and this is just me being me I feel like a lot of rappers here 
don't touch on it because I feel like that'll slow up their revenue. Because we we're in a we're in a place where the the music that's in the forefront, unfortunately, is the is the music that's selling that that's in the clubs and stuff like that. And it's once you start to talk about the political issues and the stuff that's going on in the world, you get labeled as conscious and there's a there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that conscious music. So I feel like it's either you be true to yourself or you risk yourself getting a check. And I feel like that's why a lot of people in the forefront right now, or like on the radio, let me not say forefront, the people on the radio, your Young Thugs, your Bobby Schmurders, your French Montanas, they won't touch on things like that because it'll 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 slow up it'll slow up yeah but you breath. but yet you see major artists like j cole mm-hmm. and, and kendrick lamar touching on very important topics i feel like those are those are different those are different type of type of artists and those those are the ones that took the risk to be true to themselves and then they they found a way to merge the two and make it sound appealing i feel like as a as an artist it's hard to find that balance. Like how you just rap this now and you do all them science terms in there and still made it sound cool. A lot of people don't know how to merge the two. So it's either I'm gonna talk about what's going on in the world and I'm gonna talk about myself or I'm gonna talk about having sex and getting money and, and, and tricking on girls in the club. Once you find a happy medium and a way to bring both of them together and still relate or, or, or still portray that you're a human being, I feel like you'll always win, but that's the, that's the issue. A lot, of, a lot of rappers don't know how to do both. Is how, is how to combine it so that because yeah. it, at the end of the day it's mostly about the money. Yeah, it, it is mostly about the money, and it's just like you, nobody in I, America. I, yeah, in, in America, I feel like nobody is one way all the time. I feel like you have days where you do want to be super, super conscious and and see what's going on in the world, and you want to reflect on that. And then you have days where you just don't want to do that. You want to talk to a girl. You want to get a girl number. So I feel like right. As a conscious artist, we get pushed in a in a. I, I said we, not we. They they get they get pushed. They, they get they get. Pushed. I mean, it's not like anyone's calling you a convicted criminal. Yeah, I mean, no, come on. I mean, like cause it, I, a I murderer, know, child killer. I, I, I don't even want to put myself in that box, but it's. Once but you, why not? But why not? May I ask you that? I I wouldn't want to be conscious because I feel like once you do that, it it takes away your your humanism. It yeah. takes away the fact that you are human. Like if you listen to a Nas album, and I mean earlier he would he would talk about. You know what I'm saying? The Uzi and the jacket line. And then he would talk about stuff like that. But it was it, it's different when Jay-Z would talk about it. Jay-Z, it felt more genuine. It felt more like it was coming from him. Nas, it was just like, it. It to me, I mean, I, I love Nas. I'm a Nas fan, but it, it didn't seem... It didn't seem as genuine as, as it was when I would hear Jay say it. Because I feel and, like people put Nas in that box where he's this conscious dude talking about stars and talking about benevolence. So when you talk about anything outside of that, you get frowned upon. Because he's conscious. But what about the rook? You you've worked with Nas, and we just yeah. saw not we just saw Nas not too long ago get a major award at Harvard University right. for for yeah. his for his achievements in civil rights. And the um, I can't remember the name of the award off the top of my hand, but it's a, a very very big and prestigious award. Right. The uh, the you know Oprah got it. There's like very big people have gotten it. Web Du Bois Medal. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. And. Um, he was, but you know, we saw you know the song that he had where he talked about his daughter. You know, like he was looking yeah. at hip hop differently. To go to Dr. Emden's point about the the generations of hip hop, mm-hmm. the um, do you think that's a problem for artists like consciously that you work with? Like you have a beat and they're like, uh, let's see, should I talk about you know uh, gun violence in my neighborhood or should I talk about at the I club? Think, I don't think it's a problem. I, I think to touch on like artists, I, I think we just assume that every artist just knows everything. Like I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. They didn't know who any of the presidential candidates were, ISIS or nothing. And that, and the thing is, is that that's, 
that's the majority of people that they don't know what's going on. So you can't blame them for just be, for not rapping about it because they don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, so this guy is not a quote unquote conscious rapper. He's a he's a gangster rapper, but that's that's what he knows. You know what I'm saying? That's all he knows. So so I guess there's a, a certain responsibility from I don't know conscious rappers. I know that's a bad word today, but um, you know just to educate people. You know what I mean? But is that putting too much of a burden on something that's supposed to be entertainment? To expect it to be a political force or to expect yeah, it absolutely. to be absolutely absolutely conscious or a conscience? Yeah, I mean, because you don't want to be put in a box. You you, you know, hip hop is you know you want to have fun. You know, the the basis of it was was um, entertainment. It's entertainment. Well, the basis of hip hop, like he was saying earlier, is is the drum from Africa. So that is it's it's rhythm. It's fun. It 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 takes us to a different world. You don't want to you know deal with you know. All the, your life, your life potential is terror attacks. Yeah, your life, life is and death things. Yeah, knowing it's, that you could be walking down the street and yeah, bam, somebody just, just blows themselves up. Yeah, it's a scary world. Let me let me rap about it. It's scary outside, so let me put it put on this song and let me be even more scared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it is it also the audience? Is it also the audience and what people you know what people want and what people buy? Because all of our entertainment, the biggest entertainment, yeah. has to do with murders, with crimes, yeah. with action, with it's what, blowing it's things what up. Want. Star Wars. Is coming out, and so is the Chipmunks, the Alvin and the Chipmunks. But nobody knows the Alvin and Chipmunks is coming out the same day, <laughs> you know, because they don't want to see that. They want to be, they want to see Star Wars shooting aliens and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, you have both good and your bad. You just gotta, well, whatever you can perceive as good and bad, but you just have to to look for it. You know? And and as a producer, and and I'm and I know I'm I'm sure as a producer, as a Grammy award winning producer, <laughs> yeah. which we we want to make sure everybody yeah. knows yeah. that because that that's All a right. huge achievement. Absolutely. I mean that's like an ultimate Thank achievement. Let's celebrate you for that. The um, I'm sure you pay attention to a lot of and listen to other different types of music and look of at course. you know other artists and what's going on too. Yeah. Have we are we getting towards a point where we'd be like an artist doesn't have to be one thing where the audience will support an artist if they have different different feelings or different emo you know like we're seeing more expression of feelings like, like with, with a drake or whatever more. yeah like in, instead of just saying yeah. okay if you're yeah. a quote-unquote gangster rapper you mm -hmm. can only rap about the hood or do trap music or whatever if yeah. you're if you're you know like the I mean, lover they, boy type of music I mean, of you know you can only do like music that the for the ladies you know yeah. as a, i mean a lot of people marginalize themselves like even actors they, they marginalize themselves sometimes actors are just put in roles as a gangster or the the ladies man or you know it's the same right. it's, it's all entertainment you know? same thing with the rappers right it's the same thing but i think know? kanye is breaking real boundaries you know when it comes to those kinds of things in hip-hop you know he's um he i think he's really inspirational to people who are really trying to Just find themselves himself. within this business you know um he's uh he's really baking boundaries as far as far as like really expect and, they, and it's crazy because this is actually what these artists want to do inherently you know uh, artists aren't I feel like all artists in general aren't supposed to be in one aspect or one area of the arts. You know, they naturally want to flourish into other areas. But because that's what we put in front of people, that's what we put in front of the youth, that's what we put put in front of children, they think they can only do one thing. Like, you understand? And that's that's kind of like where my head was at, you know. But look, luckily, like um, like I said, just being around people like, you know, Chris and everything, it, made, it, it showed me that I can do anything that I want to do. Like, you know, if I just... Like put my mind to it, you know? and then you use you play acoustic guitar. Yeah, well, I play I play guitar. Yeah, so guitar is you, 
when you play guitar, you could play electric guitar, you could play acoustic electric, acoustic, you know, it's just like, it's all the same foundation. So yeah, yeah, I play. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm really focused on right now. I stopped like rapping. Uh, I, I don't write as much as I used to when I was a kid, but um, and I play a lot more guitar. I'm trying to find a way to incorporate the two, like, you know, some kind of way. As, as your as your form of expression yeah as my and you know but that's music. gonna that's gonna change you know like just like how how I stopped writing a lot more like I thought I would have thought that I, I actually got a little upset when I stopped writing I actually felt the pressure to like write a little like write when I didn't even feel it I you know it's it, it really has like to a term paper like was a Huh? Like it was a big project you had to get done with a deadline. Well, I mean, like you know, I I think that's what I'm saying. I felt I was marginalized, marginalizing myself. I felt like I needed to do what I didn't want to do. Like you understand? I think it should always come from the heart. Like whatever it is that you want to do, you know. I but I because I labeled myself as a rapper when I was a kid. I felt like I needed to be rapping all the time, but mm -hmm. I really didn't want to do that at the time, you know. And 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 I so then I just picked up, you know, the instrument. I just picked up my guitar, and I'm becoming a lot more accepting of myself and I'm showing a lot, myself a lot more compassion like with just you know doing what doing what I want to do you know just like being true to myself you know allowing that artistic process exactly yeah to, you can't to, control to continue. it you know? Yeah. you know you talked about the idea of you know was it like a was it like a deadline and I think that's really in essence the core of the big issue now right it's like a lot of artists as you brilliantly articulated earlier feel like okay I got this one shot this one opportunity I know what everybody's listening to, what's on the radio, and I know who's getting bread, who's getting paper. And so I can either do what Jabari described, sit on uh, at the bridge at Hunter College and play my guitar and find myself and play with this artist, but that takes time. And if my everyday living conditions require me being able to support myself and my family and everybody in the hood is driving around in a brand new car and the bends and the whip, how do I reach this deadline quickest? Well, the easiest way to meet that deadline is to follow the formula that I've seen the most successful. And if I follow that formula, I'm good. Even Jay-Z, one of the most iconic hip-hop artists, had this one profound lyric when he was like, um, truth be told, I'd probably rhyme like Talib Kweli. And then there was another joint where he was like uh, rapping with Common Sense, but I did five mil, so I haven't been rapping like Common Sense. So in essence, he's saying to himself, listen, truth be told, I would have more complex, more rigorous, more introspective subject matter like say a Talib Kweli, but I'm trying to get this paper. I want to have common sense, but after I made $5 million and I realized how quick it was to make $5 million by giving you guys what you wanted to hear every day, I haven't been rhyming like common sense then. So this idea of we cannot extract out our critiques of hip hop from a larger capitalist structure that forces everyone within the country to want to get what they can get as quickly as they can get it. And not only blaming people for wanting to get it, but also understanding that if folks don't get it, they can't live, breathe, and experience in this world. So we are locked into a capitalist structure that dictates the way that we are able to profess how we engage with hip-hop. Why is hip-hop raw and organic across the world and across the globe? Because, for, to be frank, we don't have corporations who have a vested interest in selling a very unique and simplistic brand of the culture. So when you don't have corporate interests guiding the culture and creating a deadline, people naturally use hip-hop as an avenue for natural voice. Now, that's changing. Because now we've, we're seeing now, you know, a lot of Nigerian hip hop, a lot of South African hip hop, where two years ago were purely about oppression and critiquing against colonization, have now come to their own version of hyper commercialized rap. But whenever you have capitalism and corporate, 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 uh, corporate entities guiding how a culture gets expressed, best believe that they're going to reduce it to the lowest common denominator of what's most marketable. Okay, of what's most marketable, yes, but, but the people that used to decide, and Rook, maybe you can explain mm -hmm. this to us. 
is that the people that used to, you know, the, the small group of elite group of people that used to decide who's going to be a big artist. It's not that small. Yes, there are powerful people in the industry, I'm sure there always will be. But there's much more of a, demo, a democratic way for artists to, yeah. you know, to bubble up and to get attention yeah. and to get popular because of the whole digital thing. Do you yeah. know slaves? Do you, did you know that slaves after Juneteenth, when was the official date of the emancipation of slaves in this country? After they said, okay, y'all ain't slaves no more, people were still returning back to their master's plantations to go back to work. So even though we have a contemporary era where hip-hop is largely more driven now than the audience by YouTube, by streams, by Twitter, etc., people are still operating under the, 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 the mindset of the fact that I'm going to go get a deal. There's a 15-year-old right now who's saying, man, I wish Jay-Z would sign me to a record deal because he's under, he, he's so mentally colonized by the process that thinks that Jay-Z has to be the person who co-signs and endorses me before I can have an opportunity to freedom. So he's operating as a freed slave with a colonized mentality. And so when young people don't understand the fact that they have the power in their own hands, young people are signing 360 deals right now. Why are you signing a 360 deal when you can book your own shows, go to SOBs and do what you got to do, go on the internet and garner your audience? Well, what is a 360 deal? So for essentially, those when, when record labels, record labels will sign artists, and Rook is probably much more astute about the nuances of the 360 deal than I am as, a, as, as the, the brilliant. It's just basically, uh, basically in, in layman's term, they deal, own everything. Yeah, you, you, you get signed initially where, you know, you, you, they sign to put your music out. Now they're like, okay, we're going to sign you, but we're going to get a cut of your shows. We're gonna get a, sh- uh, a cut of your commercials. We're gonna, you're gonna get. We essentially we own a percentage of your everyday existence. Right. If you go down the street and you go to Starbucks and Starbucks is like, yo, you want a free coffee? Your record label person is behind your back, like, yo, let me get three <laughs> sips first. Like it's that kind of ownership. Oh no, that's not happening with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so 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 so. But, Hell, my but, coffee. Yeah, people are people are signing themselves to slave deals. Because they're under the impression that they need somebody to give them a cosign, when in reality that's not the case. But Rook, what about that? I mean, that's been going on for well before you know recent times. But you know, three sixty deals. A lot of people think that that it's all fifty percent, half and half. And you might they their label might take ten percent publishing, or this percent of your shows, whatever, whatever. But I think the thing is, like, yes, there is a good, great independent um, presence out there. And I, I guess the thing is, unless you really, really blow up like you Macklemore, mm-hmm. you're not going to see a lot of money. You're going to yeah. see, you're going to be a thousand there. You're going to be a thousand there. You know what I'm saying? So is the idea then, and, and I don't want to get think, too too off on because we're not we're running gonna, out of time here, but yeah. the, the idea is to be, you use the digital platforms to make yourself hot enough so that you can get the attention yeah. of corporate. And you would would you say, as, as some of our previous guests have said, mm-hmm. when we've done the music industry shows, don't sign anything. Unless, yeah, unless, yeah. unless I mean, you have like a lawyer look I, at I, it, you know, big record labels aren't necessary now. But what I think is necessary, you still need some kind of machine behind you. As yeah. far as music, you need yeah. like some kind of good management team, some a good law, law team, something that's gonna help push, you know, or distribution or whatever. Because not everybody is gonna be Macklemore and and win so big independently right and come out like that let me ask let me yeah. ask you this because internationally there's different as we said there's different types of, of hip-hop artists there's a lot of the american artists that do really well yeah. overseas and in other countries okay. and even ones that are, are no longer quote-unquote hot here mm-hmm. they're they're making great you yeah. know great paper over there but do you ever see can you foresee a day where there's artists from abroad that that are really big in the united states 
Yeah, what's the, the the kid from South Korea, Sai? Yeah, and uh, Adele and you know uh, Seal. Right. You know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that's that's popular here in America that that not from America. Um, but as far as hip hop, yeah, no. I'm trying to think like who's from overseas that that's really big here. They tried. They tried. They tried with Dizzy Rascal for a while. He right. got a, he got a little baby buzz. Right. Um. Right. There was a group that was signed to Dipset a while back. Uh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny Temper. Tiny. Right. T- all those cats. Yeah. And they, they 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 you know they cross yeah. over marginally here. They're probably not as successful. But you know here's another thing too, man. Why, I don't understand why cats are so. Listen, I'm all about getting bread. I think it's important to be able to to to, to um to, to to support your family. But why are you so infatuated with the notion of being a multimillionaire, your first time out. Like that consciousness in itself is problematic. Look, if you sell and you can make 250 G's a year versus when you were in the hood and making 15, you gonna be okay. And uh, you know, we're so we're so locked into this idea of all what success looks like. And you go all or nothing, and with the all or nothing formula, 98% of the time you're gonna lose. Two percent you might win. Sometimes and it might be a risk that you that you might think is worth taking. But but the, but there's an in between where you okay, and we had to learn collectively to be okay with being okay. You know what I mean? I think, to to your point, I think that a lot of people are, are they're not going to be ready for that. You know, like when I first I, I made my first what I'm not going to say, but it went pretty talk quick. that talk come, come on, on millions come on. fam. <laughs> it, went, it, it went pretty quick early on, yeah, because we weren't knowledgeable fiscally. You know what I mean? So it was like. You ran through the money fast. Right. You know, so it, it took us a while to, to get responsible with our money and just really understand. Half has to go to the government. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, when kids, you know, they they, they tell you they want to be a multimillionaire, it, that's pro- it's probably good because they're going to spend most of it anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless when they have zero left. Right. Which, which is a whole other conversation about fiscal responsibility exactly. and hip hop. We've done those shows. We've done those shows too. And I'm sure we're doing we're just, we're just about out, we're just about out of time. Osman, uh, where can people find you if they want want to find, you know, become more familiar with your music and your work and everything? Um on uh, Instagram, Oswin Benjamin, O S W I N B E N J A M I N, uh Facebook, Oswin Benjamin, um Twitter, Oswin B Music, and it's yeah, that's that's all the social platforms. It's all the Oswin stuff. Yeah. Okay. All oh right. yeah, and Snapchat too. I'm, all new, right. I'm new to it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Rook, anything coming up we should be looking out for? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just did some stuff with Kiki Palmer. Just this um some stuff with um Ross. I think that comes out in like a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. I, I, a lot of it. Yeah. I, I don't, the I too much. Go, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with my own disguise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but thank you so much for being with us. That's we appreciate pleasure. it. That's Rook. He's a producer with the Justice League, Grammy-winning producer yes. for many artists, including Rick Ross, Nas, and Jay-Z. Thanks so much for being with us. We really my appreciate pleasure. it. Thank Jabari you. Johnson, uh, artist and junior at Hunter College. Thanks so much for being with us. No thank you. We really appreciate it. And Dr. Chris Emden, founder and creator of Hip Hop Ed Science Genius Program and associate professor science and technology at Columbia University Teachers College and many other accolades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very, very much. I just much. wanted to throw in the plug. I'm sorry. Like, just yeah, just ahead. follow just um, follow the hashtag hip hop ed every Tuesday, 9 p.m. You know, we have a we have a, a talk, you know, where we talk about these kinds of things, you know, what, whatever's going on within the community and relate it to hip hop with scholars all over the country, all over the world. You know, just some debating on topics on Twitter. Just hashtag hip hop ed, H-I-P-H-I-O-P-E-D. 
at 9 p.m. Tuesday every week. 9 p.m. Tuesday every week. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and we you... just celebrated our five-year anniversary. So that's Oh, congratulations. That's, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check yeah. that out. And all, and also uh, check out LisaEvers.com. We're posting the story, the big idea story on Hip Hop Ed for uh, Fox 5 News at 10. I'll be tweeting that out, that link out again with the hashtag Hip Hop Ed so you can find out more about that program and see what it really looks looks like. And Dr. Chris Emden, final word. I'm going to give you the final word here. Not much a final word. I just wanted to say how, how humbled I am to be to share this room and space with, with such brilliant young people and such a brilliant producer. Uh, you know, I listen to his music all the time. Their, their work is brilliant. I just met you for the first time, but you're such a profoundly insightful young man. Uh, Jabari, who's also brilliant, he'll be coming to me with me to St. Lucie, Florida. We're going to do Science Genius Battles in St. Lucie, Florida tomorrow. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So we're leaving New York and going to Tennessee and going to Florida and going to other spaces. But again, thank you for having me. And thanks to these brilliant people for sharing this space with me. All right. And thank you to, thank you to uh, everyone at Hot 97, our general manager, Deanne Levingston, program director, P.O. Farrow, and my Street Soldiers team, executive producer, Tone Capone, associate producer, Rose D., assistant producer, um, the one and only Mia Bell, board op and digital support, Michael Medium, additional digital support from T.J. Charles, our production assistance from Marcus. And uh, I want to thank everybody. Remember, you know, you know the deal. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Plus the whole thing and you can find the shows on iTunes you can find the shows on lisaevers.com and also on SoundCloud so remember use your mind it's your best weapon I hope it's your only weapon I'm Lisa Evers push for peace